For the next couple weeks, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, uh, we're going to do a sermon series about the temple. And it's kind of a unique one in the standpoint of the temple, when we hear it, we think Old Testament. We think, well, way back then, that was the, the temple. But it's actually a place that God calls us to now. And the temple isn't the building here at, at Daybreak Community Church. The, the temple actually resides in each one of us, and I'm going to talk about that over these next couple of weeks. So we're going to lay a foundation where we're going to look at the Old Testament, we're going to look at the original temple, and we're going to translate it to what is the temple today. Let me pray. Let, let's do that. God, thank you for today. Thanks for friends. Thanks for the summer, the heat that we had walking in. Thank you for, for Jeannie, who's leading us in worship. Thank you that we're a part of an association of churches that care about each other. We love and adore you. We ask all this in, in your name. Amen. Here's the really cool thing, and I should say this. Daybreak Community Church, Renfrew Baptist Church, McKernan Baptist Church, we're, we're a part of an association called the Alberta Baptist Association. What that means is we choose to associate together. That, that's a choice that we, we make as, as a group of, of churches. And, and Pastor Lyle and his wife Jeannie, Jeannie's leading us in worship. Uh, Cody and Katie go to our church here. Uh, Pastor Lyle, when he was very young, thousands of years ago, <laughs> pastored here at, at daybreak and cares about this. So, you know, that, that's how cool the kingdom of God is that that we actually believe that we can help each other out. And it's not about the Baptist name. It's about how do we bring people into a relationship with Jesus. And that's what Daybreak exists for. That's what Renfrew, that's what McKernan exists for. So, you know, the building, the temple was erected by King Solomon. You might remember that name from Sunday school. It was in Jerusalem. It was one of the most important buildings ever built in human history. And it wasn't just the design and the exterior that was important, but it was the purpose of why this temple was important in God's economy. The Jewish people needed to understand that they could have a relationship with God. But that relationship with God was very different than our relationship with God today. Uh, of course they believed in the same God, but you and I need to pinch ourselves, and hopefully when you walk out today, you'll be reminded that the Old Testament compared to the New Testament, the New Covenant, we have a great privilege where you and I can talk to God at any moment. Thank God we live in a time and a day where Jesus has shed his blood, and we're going to celebrate that in communion later on, where we wake up. For some of us, we already have spent time with God this morning We've went to the throne of God. Maybe we've given requests to God. And we have that privilege to go because of the cross. There is no one that will hold you out of the temple. God wants you to come. Not only does God accept you, but he also listens to you. And he is a God who is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He answers our prayers. You and I should constantly be cheering about that important fact. Even when we go through hard times every single day of our life, 
It brings us one day closer to the day where we'll get to see Jesus face to face. And nothing can take that away from you. You need to understand that the people who lived in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, they didn't have that. Sin was an unsolved problem. Sin was like this dark cloud that was hanging over the people of God that separated them from God, and it was impossible to penetrate. Of course, you'll remember some of those Sunday school stories where God actually broke through in the Old Testament. Sometimes there was that burning bush. Do you remember the story of the burning bush? Sometimes there was this pillar of cloud that was over there, and sometimes there was fire that actually came down on Mount Carmel. But the problem in the Old Testament was you never knew when God was going to show up. And you never knew where God was going to show up. If you were lucky in the Old Testament, you were at the right place at the right time. Actually, the majority of people, the the people of God, had to come to terms with the fact that they would never, ever encounter the presence of God. They would just have to believe in Him. And then they would live, and one day they would die. Until one day, God spoke to King David and said, I want a house built. David raised the funds. He handed the project over to his son Solomon, who got the building built without really knowing in detail why this building was needing to be erected in the first place. But the building was built. It was dedicated. And that same night that it was finished, God spoke to Solomon and told him the true purpose of the building. We're going to see it on the screen behind me. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 15 God's speaking and he says, now my eyes will be open. My ears will be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. God's saying, I have chosen. I have consecrated. I've dedicated this temple so that my name will be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Now, This is huge. For the very first time in history, God attached his physical presence to a physical place that would house his presence. For the first time, the people of God could come to a place. They could make a pilgrimage to a place and not only hope, but know that they would encounter the Lord. Not only hope that his presence would show up, but his presence, as God said, would be there. Not only hope that God would hear their prayers, but God says, I will hear your prayer there. The temple was more than a physical and beautiful building. And you're going to see this. It was the first, it's going to be on the screen. It was the first ever point of connection between heaven and earth. Huge. It was the first ever point of connection. For the first time in Jewish history, everybody had a place that they could go to. And know that God would be there. Now you might say, this is really nice, Matt. This is amazing. It's really cute. But now the temple's gone. We know it was torn down. It was rebuilt. And then it was torn down again. And we live 2,000 years after. So why are we wasting time this summer talking about it? You see, the temple building is gone. But the temple principle still remains today. 
It's still a concept that's incredibly important. There's this New Testament temple. There's a new covenant temple that carries the same vision. There's a new place to which God is attaching his presence permanently. There's another place that is the point of connection between heaven and earth. Here's what 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16 says. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Now catch this. Here's the key to catch this morning. For we, you and me, are the temple of the living God. As God has said, and it's referring to what we just read a few minutes ago, I will live with them and walk with them and I will be their God and they will be my people. See, the word of God that you're holding, whether it's on your phone or in the traditional text in paper, is divine revelation that will change your life so that you and I can go out and actually change the world. That's what the Word of God is all about. God says, you, my friends, me, are the temple of the living God. It means we're more than just beautiful. Did you hear that? We're the temple. Now, for some of you, your mind might be racing back to your parents or your Sunday school teacher that said, you can't do that because your temple, your body is a temple. Well, let's see if we can make this easy for us to understand. What this means is we're the new covenant. We're the connection between heaven and earth. It means we're the place. We're the person to which God attaches His presence permanently. And we're called to reflect and reveal God to this world. That was what the temple was about, and that is what the temple's about. See, Hebrews says this, and Hebrews 8, it's not going to be on the screen, but listen to these words from Hebrews chapter 8. But in fact... The ministry Jesus had received as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is the mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, the days are coming, declares the Lord. I will make a new covenant a new temple with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the old covenant I made with the ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they didn't remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them. So God, in his economy, didn't just recreate the temple principle. God, in his economy, in the New Testament, improved the temple concept. There are three major improvements. Let me go through them really quick from the Old Testament to the New Testament. First of all, here's the improvement number one. Back then, it was just one temple serving the entire needs of the entire world. Today, there are millions of temples all over the world. Now, don't think temple as a physical place. Think of it as you and me. Secondly, back then the temple was fixed to a certain place in a certain city. And if you wanted to deal with God, you needed to move to that place. 
But today, the 21st century temple are equipped with you and me. The temple is now movable. And rather than saying, come to the temple if you want to encounter God, the temples now go all over the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Here's the third improvement God made. Back then, the temple came only in one design. Today, unfortunately and fortunately, the temples come in many different designs, many different shapes. Just look around the room today. Some of us have lots of hair. Some of us have no hair. Some of us have facial hair. Some of us don't. Some of us color our hair. Some of us don't. You know, if the temple was all about the exterior, then we'd have pilgrimages all the time. But the temple is all about the one who lives inside the temple. You know, if we were the present day, the modern day temples, the 21st century temples of the living God, and if you, God uses this comparison, whatever was true about the temple back then, needs to be true about what is here and now. Right now, I want to take you through a few things that was true about the temple back then and needs to be true about the temple right now, you and me. Here's the very first one. The very first thing is the temple was always visible. The temple could be seen. When God spoke to David and Solomon and asked for a building to house his glory, God did not ask for a bunker. He didn't ask for an underground building with a secret entrance that only a few holy chosen could go about. He wanted a big place. God wanted a place that could be seen all over. You could see the temple in the Old Testament from miles and miles away. That's not something that you would miss coming into Jerusalem. No one would go back around in Jerusalem and go, does anybody see the temple? Where was the temple? Did we see it? Everyone saw it. It stood out. It was visible. It was easy to see. It reminds me what Jesus said to his disciples early on in Matthew chapter 5. Friends, you're the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under the bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, Christians, Christ followers, can talk negatively about our country, Canada, and the people that live in it. We can say that people aren't interested in God. I firmly believe people are interested in God. That's not our problem. The problem we have is the lack of visible temples. You and I need to get some of our submarines back up to the surface. There's submarines that are hidden everywhere. There are vessels that you think are down there. Every Sunday, maybe the periscope comes up temporarily just so we could check out things, and then Monday we go back down. You and I need to get back to the surface. The temple was visible. Here's the second thing about the temple. The temple was a house of prayer. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 19, verse 46. 
It is written, My house, my temple, will be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. Jesus here is clearly referring to the temple. Now, if the house of God, the temple, was to be a house of prayer, then our temple needs to be a house of prayer. Why? Because God's presence didn't come upon the temple back then because of its exterior or its beauty. The temple was finished by Solomon and David, but there was still no glory. The glory in the temple came as they started to pray and worship. The same with you. God is not so impressed with you that he looks at your exterior and just admires the beauty. God shows up with his glory and his power when we pray. See, God does not respond to your perfection. God responds to your prayers. That's why, friends, we need praying temples that carry the holiness and the atmosphere and the glory of God. So... How is your prayer life right now? If I can ask for one thing, if you're listening to my voice, it's that you would ask God, God, make me a visible temple. It's that you would make up your mind that in the coming weeks, months, and years, you're going to devote your life to be a visible temple. Many, maybe you're in the range of my voice right now. Maybe you've been one of those invisible Christians, one of those Christian submarines. Right now, God is calling you to come to the surface because when you speak out, when you dare to show God's love and mercy and power, there is so much more that God will do. And maybe you're one of those people that used to pray, but you don't pray anymore. Let me just remind you. Let me just be God's voice to you right now. I want to encourage you that that flame of prayer needs to stir up again in your heart. Become a temple. A house of prayer. Some place that God can respond to you with his glory and that you can be a communicator of the gospel and his peace. Let's pray. Father, in your name, we thank you. We thank you that we don't have to go to a place that's far away and make a pilgrimage to see your presence. Father, we pray for your grace and strength to be visible temples. Help us communicate your gospel, your love. Father, we pray that we will be temples full of prayer. Houses of prayer. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.